Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Amen. Amen. How's everybody doing? One more time. Come on, come to life. Those of you online this morning, how are you guys? Let me know in the chat. Let us know how you're doing. I hope that you're ready for uh, week two of Unlocked. I hope that you're ready for uh, back to school, everything that's coming with that. How many of you all are ready for back to school? Raise your hand. Man, wow, there's three of you. I would agree. I'm not really ready for it. I'm not ready for those rhythms. But other people love the rhythm of back to school. Other people like that, like that routine because summer throws us off, right? But uh, I am so glad that you're here this morning and uh, today is going to be a great, great day. I'm excited about what God wants to do in our hearts and our lives. We're in a series. It's called Unlocked. And uh, last week we started it, and we started with a message called Unlock the Conversation. And I, I talked to you about the fact that, that we want to have this, this conversation, and it's not the conversation horizontally just with the people in our lives, which you do need to have good conversation and good communication with those in your life, but also the conversation with God. And I gave you kind of four keys that you need to have. And if you're taking notes, this is just a recap from last week. But we said you got to be teachable. you got to stay close. you got to seek His glory and then experience the afterglow. Experience the afterglow. You know, last week um, I said to experience the afterglow, and, and some of you all may not have known what I meant by that. But then we had something special in the night. How many of you, if you were here at the night of worship, how many of you experienced an afterglow at the night of worship? Let me hear you if you did. Come on. Amen. That, that's to say, if you didn't make it to the night of worship last Sunday night, you need to make it tonight. Because through this series, all three weeks of this series, we're doing a night of worship. Seven o'clock tonight, we're going to have baptisms, but we're also going to have this uh, about an hour, hour and a half of, of worship, and it was powerful last week, and I'm believing it's going to be powerful again this week. So join me tonight at 7 o'clock uh, for our, our night of worship and experience the afterglow that I was talking about. All right, so let me start with this. It's the title of our message, but it's also the word that I want to give you today. If you don't get anything else, three words. You have potential. You have potential. You should say amen to that. Amen. You have potential this morning. Uh, if if uh, you've ever heard that, like sometimes people don't, don't accept that. They don't receive that. There's this, this feeling of this is it. You know, this is, this is the end or, or the enemy of your soul wants to say you can't do it. That's the enemy. That's the, that's the opposite of you have potential, which is I can't. I'm unable to, whatever that is. But God is saying to you today, you have potential the Lord, angel of the Lord says to Zechariah, uh, in Zechariah 4, it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In other words, in your spirit, I mean, in your might and in your power, yes, you cannot do it. But by my spirit, he says to Zechariah, you can do these things. What are you, almighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. And then he says, who dares despise the day of small things? Let, let that be for you a word for you. Don't despise the day of small things. If you're like, well, I haven't achieved what I want to achieve. I haven't accomplished what I want to accomplish. Who dares despise the day of small things? You have potential. Okay. I say that to say this. You, you haven't arrived yet. You're not in the place where you need to be. Unless you're the goat, the, the greatest of all times, and, and probably in the room, there's not a whole lot of, of, of goats in the room, then there's opportunity to exceed and excel at what you're doing beyond where you are today. Whether it's at school, in sports, in music, or in your profession, or getting that promotion, whatever that thing is, I say this to say you, you have potential. I was talking to my friend Greco this week, and he was wearing a Steph Curry jersey. And uh, we were talking about Steph Curry... And he said, you know, he's the greatest shooter of all time. So no one would ever say about Steph Curry, he has potential. Because he's the greatest of all time. But when he was a kid, when he was a middle schooler in the gym, just trying to get reps in, he was a guy that had potential. He was a kid that had potential. His dad, his coach, his, his trainers, they would look at him and said, man, that guy has 
potential. And I want you to get that this morning, that you have potential. But the question is, are you willing to unlock it? Are you prepared to unlock it? This is what Paul writes to his protege, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Okay, so we're in kind of a large house, right? This morning we're in a large house. And Paul is saying, in a large house, there are articles of gold and silver, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good works. In other words, it's, it's not that like there are people in the room, there are people in the house, and you're special and you're not. It's those that are willing to cleanse themselves. It, it's those that are willing to be used for the special purpose. He goes on to say to, to Timothy in, in the, the continuing verses, he says, so flee the desires of the youth. That's how you prepare yourself. That's how you make yourself um, you know, uh, a, a special purpose. He says, flee the desires of youth. youth. Pursue righteousness. Don't argue like a stupid fool. That's my translation. Don't fight. Don't be resentful. Be kind. Help your opponents escape the trap of the devil. All of these are, are words for us today. If you want to be used for a special purpose, if you want to use and fulfill the potential that God has for you, then do these things. I want you to get this more than anything else that you have potential, but it's your point, your choice to be used in that way. Uh, Eugene Peterson, he, he writes a, a paraphrase of the scripture, and it's called the message paraphrase. And in it, he says, for this verse, he says, um, he likens the gold and silver articles in a house, he likens them to fine crystal. And then he likens the, the articles of clay pots and those, those ordinary things, he, he likens them to trash cans, waste baskets. Which one are we? Are we of fine crystal for special purpose, or are we trash cans to be used of? Both of them are significant in the house, but one of them has far greater potential for a far more special purpose. And I want to challenge you. You have potential. Our, our text this morning is Judges chapter 6. We're going to be in Judges chapter 6 and, and uh, 7, and, and I want you to follow along. I think the words will be on the screen as I read here. It says this, The evil Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites, because the power of Midian was so oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. Okay, so here's the people of God, the Israelites, and it starts by saying they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. These are God's people, the chosen you know, generation of, of, of Abraham. And they have done evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so now they're running from their enemy. They're hiding out in caves and in mountain clefts. And the Midianites are invading their country, it says. They camped on the land. They ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. And they did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to, ra to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Okay, so this is actually a good place to be. Here's, here's some of the key words that I see in these verses. They were oppressed, they were ruined, they were ravaged, they were impoverished. And you're like, what's so good about that? It's really not those parts. Those aren't the good parts. The good part is, is the concluding part of that last verse, which is, but they cried out to God for help. They cried out to God for help. Let me continue reading in verse, verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior? Like, this is Gideon, um, but he's threshing wheat in a wine press. Like, it doesn't sound like 
like it's, it's very mighty of him, like he's actually in this place hiding from the enemy. But the angel of the Lord says to him, you've got potential, mighty warrior. He's looking at him and he's saying, you have a potential beyond even yourself. Here's Gideon's response. Pardon me, my Lord. Gideon replied. I mean, at least he's polite, right? But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and I will, you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I want to tell you, this, this was, uh, didn't sound like a, a, a good place to be for, for Gideon, but you know, Gideon, his enemy, his biggest enemy, like his enemy was Midian. But do you know who Gideon's biggest enemy was? It was Gideon. Gideon's biggest enemy was not Midian. Gideon's biggest enemy was Gideon. Constantly doubting himself. Constantly doubting his people and his God. And he needed the angel of the Lord to show up in the wine press that day and say to him, you've got potential. If we keep reading in chapter 7, it says this, Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that's Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moray. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, Anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lapped water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs, and all the rest got down on their knees to drink. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and the trumpets of others. It kind of sounds like There were 32,000, it dwindled down to 10,000, and then God dwindles it down again to 300. It kind of sounds like, here's your your fine crystal. Here's your gold and silver. Here's the 300, and then here's those that are being used for ordinary purposes. These are still my people. These are still the people of God, but there's only 300 that want to be used for a greater purpose. So... That's, that's where Midian, uh, Gideon finds himself against the Midianites. And Gideon does, if you read on, defeat the Midianites. And he uses the fear that Gideon had of the Midianites, that the fear that put him in that place, that put him in that wine press before the angel showed up. He uses the fear that he had of the Midianites on the Midianites. That's the fear that he uses. Someone from Midian had this vision, if you read on, and I'll let you read that this week. He had a vision of Gideon and the the people of Israel destroying them. And all Gideon had to do was take lanterns and pots, make a bunch of noise, and the Midianites defeated themselves. I find it interesting that the Apostle Paul uses the analogy of the articles of gold and silver versus wood and clay pots. Gideon is taking with his 300 articles of gold and silver, with his 300 used for a special purpose, and some clay pots. Like, they break those pots, and somehow the, the, the enemy, the Midianites, attack themselves, destroy themselves, and the Israelites are victorious. Maybe there's some people in the room today who need to break some pots to unlock your potential.
Maybe there's someone in the room today that needs to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to break my pot to be able to unlock my potential in my life. Takeaways that I want you to get from this message this morning, there's three things that I want you to get. Number one, I want you to stop hiding. Number one, I want you to stop hiding. You remember where the angel of the Lord found Gideon? It was in the middle of a wine press. But he was not pressing grapes to make wine. No, instead he was threshing wheat to make bread. He was, he was doing that because he was trying to con continue to provide food for his family, for his, his household and his community. But he was doing it in the wrong place because usually in a, in a, to make bread you do it in open air areas so that the, the, when you thresh the wheat, the chaff blows away. So he's in a place where there's not a lot of wind and the chaff is falling down around him. But that's because he's trying to hide from his own enemy. The other thing that I find interesting about where Gideon is, he's in a wine press. And if you look in the New Testament, what does the wine symbolize oftentimes as it, as it represents uh, something in, in, in Scripture? It's the Spirit of God. For those of you that don't know, it's the Spirit of God. Like, ha have you heard the verse in the, 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 the uh, parable that Jesus shares of you can't put new wine into old wineskins? You can't put new wine into old wineskins. And that's talking about this, this new spirit, this spirit of God. And why can't you? It says, because if you read that parable, the, the new wine will burst the old wineskin. The fermentation of the new wine will burst the old wineskin. That new spirit will begin to do something in the old wineskin that causes a mess everywhere. And I've seen that in life. I've seen that in real life where, where somebody says, you know what, I want it. I want the, the Spirit of God to fall fresh on me. I want a God to work in my life, but I'm actually not willing to change out my wine skin. I still want the old wine skin. I still want this old way of doing things. I still want my old way of life. You can't put new wine into an old wine skin. I mean, you can, but it bursts. You can, but it's a mess. And I've seen it. I've walked through that with people, and I'm like, you know what? This is what happened. You've done this. Gideon is here in this place, and he's not making new wine. He's, he's not experiencing this. And, and I find it just interesting that that's where he's at, and that's where the Spirit of God shows up. And he says, stop hiding, mighty warrior. He's, he's saying mighty warrior because he has potential that Gideon doesn't even see in himself. So the first point that I want you to get is, is to stop hiding because you have potential. The second point that I want you to get is, is to keep fighting. To keep fighting. The odds went from four to one. So, so the Midianites, there were 120,000 of them, and it, it started out that the Israelites had 32,000. So it was a four to one odds, which is still pretty tough odds. But it went from four to one odds to 450 to one odds. Man, I don't know about you, but I might have you know, started hiding. You know what I'm saying? I would have maybe stopped fighting and, and started hiding when I heard what happened to all of my, my uh, comrades. Because how in the world is God going to get us out of this? How in the world is God going to deliver us from the circumstances we're in? And maybe just like Gideon in that position, you're in a place where you're like, how's God going to get me out of this? How is God going to deliver me from this mess? The odds are great. Whether it's a, a, a financial odds or relationship odds, whether it's physical, whatever that thing is, how's God going to do it? Man, I think God's, he's one to bet on. I think he's the one that you, 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 you put all your money on. He's the one that you put all your faith in. And it doesn't matter if it's 300 against 120,000. You got to keep fighting when God is with you. It's crazy. The, the, the scripture says they were like, the Midianites were like swarms of locusts. It was impossible, impossible to even count their camels. There were so many of them. But I need you to hear this this morning, not just about a, a physical war, but about the spiritual war that you might be in. God doesn't call the qualified. God doesn't call the qualified. 
he qualifies the called. Amen? God doesn't call the qualified, those that are, that are, that are strong enough, that, are, that are, 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 are prepared for battle. Gideon wasn't prepared for battle. He was threshing wheat. He was making bread, hiding in a, in a wine press. But God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies those that are called, those that have potential, those that are the mighty warriors. So don't stop fighting. So, Keep fighting in these moments when you feel like giving up, when the odds are great. You may not have it all together, but the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, and you have potential. And here's the third one. Here's the third point that I want you to get if you're taking notes this morning. It's this, experience growth, even if you're in a wine press. At one time, you were in a high place with God. At one time, you, you might have been on the mountaintop. You know what I'm talking about, right? You first gave your life to Jesus, or you got baptized, or you, you, uh, you know, um, were involved in an, a ministry and really making a difference, and you could see the impact that you were having on, on uh, the next generation or on people in your life, whatever it was. Like, you were doing something, and you felt it. You were on this high, this mountaintop. But then you hit a crisis of belief. Somebody hurt your feelings. Something happened that, 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 that changed the trajectory of your life. Maybe it was a death. Maybe it was a loss. Whatever that thing was, you're in a valley. You're in a wine press. You know, you know what's in the, on the other side of a valley? Oftentimes in a mountain range, do you know what's in the other side of a valley? another mountain right another mountain in the mountain range you, you have a mountain and usually they're not by themselves it's a mountain range so you you're you had the mountaintop moment and it was amazing but now you're in a valley but guess what's on the other side of the valley it's another mountain it's another mountain top and, and I think about this it's probably even a little bit higher they're not normally the same height and as you continue to move into the mountain range it gets higher and higher and higher but you can't go from mountaintop to mountaintop that's just not the way life travels it's mountaintop to valley to mountaintop to valley to mountaintop to valley the prophet Habakkuk said it like this the sovereign Lord is my strength and he makes my feet like the feet of a deer he enables me to tread on the heights I know the valley it's not a great place to be it gets a bad rap I mean David called it the valley of the shadow of death yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death but man sometimes mountains aren't perfect so, so like think about it like this mountains are, are, are cold they're rocky people fall off mountains there's not a lot of life up there in, in the valley is where growth occurs maybe you need to keep growing even in your valley Maybe you need to experience growth in the midst of your, your, your wine press, in that place where you're feeling like everything's falling down around you. What is this valley? What does your valley look like? Is it, is it halfway between God's vision for your life and, and, and the hopeless road that you're on because God gave you a vision for your life, but you feel like it's been too long and it, that was 10 years ago and you're, you're you know hundred thousand dollars in debt and uh, you know five kids into a, a, a path that you're like there's just no way that I can I can go fulfill the vision God's put in my life what is the valley for you what is that what is that place where you're thinking that there is no hope and you keep on saying the enemy of potential which is I can't I'm unable to is the valley a place where you've been in and out of relationships, but you can't find the one? And you're just in this valley, and you're like, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen for me anyways. It'll happen for everybody else, but it's never going to happen for me. Maybe it's in a place where you think there is just no way out of this. But what if God wants to do something in the valley? Or like Gideon in the wine press. 
I need you to know this. Even in your valley, you have potential. Even in your valley, you have potential, but you've got to work on unlocking it. You've got to do some things. You know, we've talked about uh, this, this concept for the last two weeks, and we'll continue it for a couple more weeks, but um, we have a, a big box on the stage. Some of you see this, and, and uh, you've been watching this thing, and so, so we started with, you know, a completely closed up box, and we're saying, you know what, you need to unlock the conversation. You need to start, like, breaking into the box, right? Be teachable. Seek His glory. You know, uh, experience the afterglow. Start, start coming after this conversation with God, saying, God, what is it that you're saying to me? As we try to get closer and closer to what God wants to do for our lives, like, I think there's some potential that needs to be opened up. I think there's, there's, some, there, there's some gold and some silver articles inside this thing that it's been boxed up, locked up, closed up for far too long, and God's saying, hey, you have potential, but you're going to have to you're going to have to stop hiding. You're going to have to keep fighting or, or, or maybe start fighting if you haven't been. You've got to experience growth. Even in these moments, begin to and, and continue to break open the potential that God has for each and every one of you. I truly believe that too many people walk through life just saying, this is it. This is everything. This is what I've accomplished. And, and some people are just happy with it. You know, they're satisfied. And I, I think there's good things to be said about contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. But when it comes to your spiritual life, don't be content. Don't be satisfied with just, you know what? I, I'm living on my old, you know, those moments from when I was a kid and I got saved. I'm living on, you know, that, that, that time that I went to a, a, a service and it changed my life and things just have never really, you know, made any progress since then. I, I'm challenging you to unlock the potential that God has for you, to do something, to open up something that goes beyond what you even imagined could happen in your life. So how are you going to do that? Well, a few ways. Join us for 21 days of prayer and fasting. It started August the 7th. So does that mean you, you're out, you can't start today? No. In fact, it should start today. There, it, just like his mercy is new every day, like this is a brand new opportunity to start. Jump in, join us, give something up during these next 14 days and say, God, what are you wanting to do in my life? What are you wanting to say in my life? Make a commitment to prayer and fasting. Join us in our, our 21-day devotionals and, and the weekday videos that show up on social media and in your email inbox. If you're not getting those, sign up on the, on the registration card and we'll send you that email every day. Go to the nights of worship tonight, 7 o'clock, night of worship. Truly believing God's going to do an amazing thing even in this service tonight. And I want you to experience the afterglow. I want you to, 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 like Moses, when he came down from the mountain, they had to put a veil over his face just so people could encounter him. What if God did that in you? Join us for these things. In, in a month, we're going to uh, start small groups. Get involved in those things. Don't just come here on Sunday mornings. We don't have the information on those right here and right now, and that's because our small groups director, Pastor Mikey, is it, he just brought his baby home from the hospital yesterday. Isn't that good? Let's give God praise that uh, God protected and helped him. So we don't have the, the, the details on all of those just yet, but in the weeks ahead, we're going to start our small groups starting right after Labor Day. And jump in, learn and, and grow. And, and you might be like, well, I already, I already know the Bible. Well, then be a part of a different kind of group. Be a part of a, a group where it's just iron sharpening iron and encouraging one another. Whatever it is, jump into something. Maybe because, not so much for you, but for somebody else. Maybe so that you can have an impact on someone else's life. Unlock your potential. 
So here's the thing. If you, if you want to uh, unlock your potential, the first step is the, the step of accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. And I know I've said this before, but the second after you die, you're trusting God with your entire life. You probably knew that already. The, the moment you stop breathing, right? The moment you flatline and, and that's it. You're trusting God with your entire life. Because it's out of your hands. It's out of your control. Tr trust me, I know that. A hundred percent, it's a proven fact. One hundred percent of every per people, every person, they die, right? And I've been in some of those hospital rooms. I've been in those places where I've, you know, been with people in their last moments and their, their dying breaths. And none of them afterwards said, okay, where do you want to go to dinner? I don't mean to make light of it, but here's the reality. 100% of all people are going to die. And the second you stop breathing, you're trusting God with your entire life. So why not trust God with your entire life today? Why not start seeking God here today and just giving it to him? This is a declaration before you die that you're trusting him even now, asking him to be your Lord and your Savior. And that prayer, this prayer of salvation is a prayer that, that starts that walk or maybe recommits that walk for somebody in the room. And there's no place, no better place to start than right there. So if that's you and you want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, if you wanted him to come into your life, whether you're in person or online, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes, bow your heads. Nobody's looking around. This is a kind of a, 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 a private moment, a quiet moment just for you and God. And if God is speaking to you, in the, at the count of three, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to this. One, I need you to know you have potential. Two, I'm going to stop hiding. I want to start fighting. I'm, I'm ready to grow. Three, today, I'm asking Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, lift your hand right where you're at and say, Jesus, be my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, lift your hand right where you're at and allow him to come in, transform you from the inside out. If that's you today, online, you can put just a, 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 a thumbs up or a hand up in the chat and say, yes, I'm today declaring Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I'm going to lead you in this prayer, and you, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you can just pray this prayer with me. And I invite you to, even, even as the, uh, the body of Christ, those that are followers of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to even pray this out loud because no one prays alone this morning in this service. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. I know that I've sinned, that I've made mistakes. I pray that you'd forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and make me new. Today, I choose to live for you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, stand with me this morning for this last part. So there's two parts of the stand up real quick. Here's the second part of this. Because you have potential, and I believe God wants to do even far greater things that you have. Would you stand right now, right where you're at? Here's the second part. So there's, there's a work of, of, of grace that just happened in your life, and it's, it's salvation. Some made a decision, some made a recommitment, wherever that was, that's a work of grace. It's not because of what we did, it's because of what Christ did for us. Here's this second work of grace, and we call it sanctification. It's where you're starting to say, you know what? I'm part of the house, but I want God to do something greater in me than just an ordinary pot. I want to be used of God in more significant ways. Paul told Timothy, you, can, you, you choose whether you're going to be used of significant purpose or you're just going to be of ordinary use. What's it going to be for you? 
What's your choice going to be today? Sanctification is that working in you. It starts at salvation. It starts when you make that declaration. But then it continues when you start saying, Jesus, here's all of me. Here's the little part of me that I, I, I've held on for far too long. And yes, you're my Lord and Savior, but this is that little piece that I've been hanging on to. And right now I'm giving it up to you. Right now I'm surrendering it over to you. Take it. Maybe it's a secret sin, a temptation. Maybe it's unforgiveness, brokenness. Maybe it's a bad relationship. Whatever that thing is, if God's speaking to you today about something, God wants to work in you. He wants to, to take that old and make it new. We always say in, in our, it's our, kind of our life verse at Renew, if you're in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. God wants to do a new work in you. He wants to help you, as our mission says, to know God. But not just know God, but find freedom. Not just find freedom, but discover your purpose. To be gold and silver objects. So that you can make a difference. So what's it going to be for you today? This isn't for everybody else in the room. I don't care what everybody else in the room says. I care about you. I care about what you want to decide today. Don't worry about your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your family. It's for you. It's between you and God. If you're saying today, pastor, here and now, I want to be set apart to be used of God. I'm ready to settle some yesterdays. I'm ready to make some amends. I, I, I need forgiveness and I, I need God to transform me from the inside out. I'm not saying that immediately when I say amen, it's all done and you're completely like clear of all those bad thoughts. But you're saying to God, God, I surrender. I lift my hands and surrender and I give it all to you. Have your way. Have your will. That's what we're talking about today. That, if you want to unlock your potential, we can't not cover this. We cannot not make this a part of the message this morning. That God wants to sanctify you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet transform you, to break open the box, to unlock the potential. With your heads bowed right now and eyes closed, if in the room, if God's speaking to you, I don't care about the person next to you, and you shouldn't either, but you're saying, Pastor, I want to begin that work in my life. I want God to sanctify me. I want the, the things of this world, as the hymn writer says, to begin to grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. All of a sudden, his glory starts lighting up and the, the things of the world starts darkening. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. I see your hands. I see your hands. Lift it high. Come on. See your hands all over the room. Praise God. You can put your hands down. So God, you see hands, but you also see hearts lifted hearts that are saying, God, do something in me for special purpose. I thank you for that. God, I, I thank you for the work of sanctification that, that has begun a work in me, God, that maybe isn't finished, but is continuing. And I'm, I'm drawing closer and closer to you. And I pray, oh God, that for these people in the room that have said yes to you, that they would just continue to say yes that they would turn their backs on the things of the world, that they would turn their backs on their, the, the past or the temptation or the unforgiveness. God, that they would say, God, I give you every part, every room in my house, every part of my life. Take it. Can't do it on my own, but I need you, and I pray that you would just do what only you can do. Thank you, oh God, for the great things that you're going to do in these, your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing this closing song. It's called Make Room. It's fitting for the message this morning. And if God's speaking to you today, man, just allow him to work. Allow him to reveal the things that you've got to make room for in your life. Allow him to do what only he can do in your life. If you need prayer for any reason at all, I invite you to make your way towards the front. Somebody would gather with you and pray over you. But Wherever you're at, whether you stay in your seat or you come forward, allow, allow God to do what only He can do. Just
transform you from the inside out. Let's sing this song together.
and let's give God praise for what he's doing. Amen, amen, amen. This morning we're, uh, we're concluding the service with a, a special part of the service. It's a special prayer for all of our teachers, administrators, and especially our students going back to school, whether it's homeschool even, or uh, public school, private school, charter, even college. So if that's you today, would you make your way forward, make your way to the front? We want to ask you to come on the stage. We're going to have a special prayer, time of prayer for those that are, uh, that are uh, starting school. Let's give these kids a round of applause this morning as they make their way. Come on up, come on up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Come on up, kids. Line the, line the front. Come on, come on, come on, Melody. Teachers, come on. If you're in high school, you, you might not have came out of RC Kids, but if you've been sitting in the, on the side, come on, let's go. Make some room a little bit. Slide down a little bit, guys. God bless you. Good to see you. Good morning, good morning. God bless you. Come on, come on, come on. Hey, y'all, we got more people. We got some teenagers coming. Worship team, back up a little bit for them. I know you're starting school too, worship team, but uh, <laughs> uh, Patty's like, hey, I'm in this. Pray for me. Is that everybody? Awesome. Let's give them a round of applause. Come on. So we want to pray. We want to pray for each and every single one of these children, all of the, 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 the brand new starters, those that are starting kindergarten or preschool, those that are starting middle school and high school and whatever it is. There's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot of kids representing some going to college and uh, graduate school, whatever it is. We just want to pray and ask God's protection, provision, and, and even over the teachers as they have wisdom and discernment because they're, they're planting seeds into the lives of each and every one of these uh, kids. I shared this uh, this week at a school that I, I had an opportunity. We, we got to bless a, a local school in the area and that I got to talk to the teachers and I, I shared this and this is not original to me, but I heard a pastor say this one time. Um, anybody can count the number of seeds in one apple, but only God knows the amount of apples in one seed. Amen. So, so like literally one seed could create uh, generations and groves of, of apples, but it's because of the seed that's planted. And so you guys are seed planters, teachers, you're seed planters and kids, you're seeds and God, God has a purpose for you. You have potential. Let me pray over you as we, uh, we, um, conclude this time. God in heaven, I thank you for each and every one of these boys and girls. God, I ask that you to have your hand upon them and protect them. I pray for uh, just them to, to learn well, to study well, to, to work hard, to make friends, to build relationships, to do what's right, to be used of you. Help them to, to excel beyond their potential or what they ever thought they could do. And I pray that the teachers and administrators would pull it out of them. pray that they would uh, not be discouraged when a child is behind. I pray that they would not give up when things are tough. God, I pray that if they're, they're in a class with a a, a, a troubled child or maybe it's a troubled parent God just give them peace and patience in those moments this year God have your hand upon them bless them take care of them keep them from evil God you know the enemy is always trying to steal kill and destroy but we pray God against them and we uh, against him and I pray right now God that your hand would be upon each and every one of these kids and each and every one of our schools a hedge of protection and your angels around them God thank you for your provision your protection, your watch care over us. God bless them, I pray, as they go into school and into this new year. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give them a round of applause. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, turn the lights up a little bit, and here's what we're going to try to do. Uh, everybody, if you have a child, stay standing. If you don't have a child, uh, remain seated. And just, it's going to be chaos for a second, but get your child, like wave them on, to have them come to you and you guys go find your parents and uh, find your seat right here inside the, 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 inside the worship center.
and in the next few uh, days. I want to just give you some quick announcements. Today, after the service, um, we're going to be handing out backpacks and haircuts. So when you leave the sanctuary, you're going to go to your left and to the breezeway. And through the breezeway, you will be able to get the haircuts and the backpacks. We also have more things going on. We've got growth tracks. So if you like what you see here and you want to know more about our mission and vision, you can join us in the fellowship hall right after service. Uh, we also have night of worship tonight. We're going to have a baptism and uh, night of worship so that you can experience more of that afterglow that the pastor was talking about. And come back next week because we have something every kid, whether you're an adult or not, will like, and that is an ice cream sundae. Uh, we're going to have a special raffle as well as ice cream, so join us for that. And join us for unlocking our potential for the rest of, um, of this series and join us also um, in the mornings for the uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting devotional. Okay, so now we're going to um, pray over our um, tithes and offering. Uh, there's three ways that you can give it renew, and all the, uh, the tithes that we receive is how we're able to bless our community and do all the things that we do. So um, if you would like to give to renew, there's three ways to do it. There is an envelope in the seat pocket right in front of you. Uh, there's also online, you can go to renew.miami slash giving, and you can give online, and then you can also give by texting giving to, or give to 786-565-1165. Now we'll pray for the offering. Thank you, Lord God, that you multiply everything we give you. You multiply our lives when we give it to you, Lord God. You multiply the seeds that we have, and you multiply our offering. Father God, I pray that you will unlock the potential that we have in everything that we do in our lives, Lord God, whether we're in school or not, Father God, with what we give, with how we live our lives, Father God. Unlock all the potential inside of us. Thank you so much for looking on us, Lord God, and giving us your grace and your mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. And now you are dismissed.